guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. I'm Andrew Frezza, and today I got some special guests. I actually have two of our coaches from Fit Town Jupiter joining us today. I got Coach Austin Bettigrew and Coach Amanda Jackson. Hi. Hey. <laughs> um, so today I wanted to give you guys kind of a behind the scenes look at our hiring process from the perspective of two of our coaches. Um, Austin's been with us about two and a half years, a little over two years. Amanda's a little over one year, close to a year and a half. And I wanted to kind of do a, a time hop back to when they were in the hiring process and talk mainly from their perspective. I'll talk a little bit about what I liked about them or what stood out to me. Um, but I've also talked more about that in other shows, which I'll link out to. But um, I wanted to hear from them and get, give you guys a chance to, um, if you're a coach out there, find your dream job or find a professional career type of job versus just the next part-time thing. So when you guys think back to that initially initial hiring process, what are some of the first things that jump out to you or what are the things that still you remember a year and a half, two and a half years later? Uh, how long the process was. <laughs> um, no, it was really cool. I started, I think, applying in April and got hired by June, which once I got out here and was hired, was told that was one of the shorter shorter processes so to think april to june um is a long time in most people's eyes and yeah i mean that was that was one of the big ones i was like all right this is real life right here i had like a four-stage process like who is this person so yeah i think the the initial big takeaway for me like the thing that still sticks out to this day was staying at your house like being yes. invited to come like literally live with you and your family is like i'm sure we'll get into it later but like pretty cool yeah yeah I agree. so do you guys want to just highlight some of those checkpoints of what in your mind what was the process like between initial contact you know phone Skype interviews to um, you know actually being hired what were some of those key checkpoints yeah for me um, once I initially sent the first email um, I think literally either that day or the next day mm -hmm. um, I was on a phone call with you I think that phone call was 60 minutes or close to 60 minutes. Um, and that was you separate from Danielle. That was me separate from my wife who also is a coach here. Yeah, she was another separate 60 minute phone mm -hmm. interview. Um, and that was just like a basic interview, like just kind of getting to know each other. And um, once we went beyond that, um, I guess the next step for us was we did another phone interview and that one was actually FaceTime or Skype or whatever we originally yeah. used. but a more personal um, connection because we were so many miles away. Um, and then from that point it was like, yeah, like I think we could potentially be a good fit, but we still want to get you out here. So the next step then was like tickets and we flew here, which I think was like a <laughs> one day process. Yeah, you guys flew out like that week. Yeah, I think you said, yeah, let's fly out on, that was like a Tuesday. And I think literally we were here on a Thursday or Friday. So we just booked them after the phone call. Um, and then once we got here, it was live with you for a weekend, and then the scariest plane ride of my life back home, like, are we going to get the job or not? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, once we got back, um, found out the good news, and I think we, we were here, like, two weeks later, so yeah, you, we didn't waste any time. Yeah, you were actually really fast. You were probably the fastest, which was, you know, from phone call to hiring was probably less than two weeks yeah i don't remember the, that exact time. it felt like forever but I we had a lot packed into that time yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, did you have anything different uh, along your uh perspective there i think um my first thing was i had gone the route of sending my resume to people and when i actually went and researched 
you guys and your website and Instagram and everything, which I super stalked before I even sent the email, um, I really just sent an email about myself and just said, hey, like, this is who I am. If you don't love me for that, like, I'm not even going to waste your time. And so that, that was kind of a cool, different piece that I used. And um, when you asked me back, then you said, hey, yeah, let's look at your resume, kind of see what that looks like. And then I went through that same process. Next thing was the phone call. Um, I think we went phone call, Skype, phone call, fly out here, something yeah. like that. And I think your flight was like a month. You, you could only get tickets like a month out. Yeah. I think there was some life stuff. And then I think there was like a holiday in there where it was really expensive. So you got yeah. pushed out. So I think we ended up having like an extra call because like, I don't want to have a, a month pass by before we talk again. And then I'm pretty sure I hired you on Yep, we were actually on uh, Eyeball Avenue, right okay. by the gas station. <laughs> that was the, yeah, that was the, the spot. Yeah, I think I, cool. I learned not to make people wait till they fly <laughs> home if I knew I wanted to hire them after. Well, to be, to be fair, you kind of did say like, yeah, we have a really good, like, I, we really like you guys, but let me talk to my brother one more time. So we're like, <laughs> maybe? <laughs> but actually, Nikki was the one that's like, I can't wait till you guys finally get here. And we're like, well, she just said we're hired, so. <laughs> Nikki's my wife, so. Yeah, yeah his wife, yeah. <laughs> She know, makes the real decisions. She has the insider track. <laughs> yeah, so you mentioned the first email, and mm -hmm. I always put so much weight into that first email. I mean, that really sets the stage for everything after that. I mean, you could make up for a bad email, um, or you actually, I shouldn't say that. If you have a bad email, you're not even gonna get a reply from me usually, <laughs> or you're just gonna get a reply like, no, we already have, we already have it filled. <laughs> um, but um, you, know, you guys had a really good personal email that wasn't really so much about, well, this is what I can do as a coach and all that. It was, this is why I coach. Um, this is why I think I'm a good fit. I know Austin mentioned some stuff about you know owning a gym and how he now wanted to be a coach and be a part of a good gym as opposed to owning a gym. Um, so those things really jumped out to me. And I actually looked back at your emails. Neither one of you sent a resume in that first one, which to me <laughs> is a, a positive because you didn't. You just let your your conversation speak for itself and be very personal as opposed to trying to give me these facts and figures about why you should be hired. And I don't know, you said you sent me a resume, but I don't even think I asked for it. Did I ask for it? I think it was like later on, it, like it wasn't the, the first thing that happened, but it was like, all right, like let's see what your experience is. Cause I don't think I really said anything other than like I've been coaching forever and I really want to feel that family style thing mm -hmm. again. And I felt like it was going to be a really good fit based on what I read to what I was really wanting. And mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. I don't know, I'll have to go back and look now. No, I, I know I 100% did not send a resume because I didn't have a resume. <laughs> That's because, awesome. Like, went from owning the box to um, managing a gym, and it, those were, yeah. like, connections. Like, I, the last time I needed a resume was, like, in college getting a random job. So it's like, I know for a fact I didn't send one. Yeah. <laughs> one thing when I look, especially looking back at yours, Austin, that was interesting to me was because um, remembering your story, you came from a couple really bad situations. Mm -hmm. And I think you even mentioned in that first email how like one of the bad situations, like the person had um, taken like $200,000 from the business. Yeah. And we get a lot of versions of that, which is basically I'm unhappy where I'm at. And you presented it in a way that was not playing the victim role or dwelling on the negative either. 
And I think it was, it was good. And that, now that doesn't have to be a part of that first email, but it's going to come up sometime. Yeah. It's going to come up of why do you want to leave your current position? Mm-hmm. And it's really important for coaches to be able to describe that without being the victim or without dwelling on the negative because the grass is always going to look greener somewhere else. And you're always going to find problems the new place you go. I mean, as, as, uh, you know, as dialed in as we are compared to most, I don't want to say we're dialed in because I know there's so much things we could do better, but compared to most, there's still a million things we could do better. So if you're looking for problems, you're going to find them. Yeah. Um, what, so how many places you guys apply to and what made you guys want to apply here besides the fact that it's sunny South Florida, (laughs) Jupiter? Um, let's see. So I was living in Houston and I did not like it. Sorry, Houston people. Um, (laughs) not my favorite place. So I knew that I wanted to get out of there. Um, we had kind of had like this joke in my family that someday I'd end up by the beach. Um, being from Arizona, we thought it would be the other side, but, um, stuff kept coming up Florida wise. And I was like, this is, this is crazy. And so when I saw the job posting, I was like, well, that's cool. Like that's right, you know, right where somewhere like somewhere I would want to be. And, um, it just, again, it sounded like such a good fit that I was like, all right, let's, let's go for this. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Um, you said you stalked the social media pages. So what, what do you, what would you look for at that time? Or what, what would be uh, positives and maybe red flags that so I wanted to see kind of what the posts were about. Were they, Hey, this is what our workout of the day is. And we're trying to murder people. And like, it's, you know, it's, it's me, 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 or was it more of like a family base? Like, look how cool this, this person is like, look at this setting. I think some of the stuff I saw was dodgeball, which I know Mm -hmm. we talked about a little bit, but just seeing like those really fun events that were going on was what I missed so much about the community because the last couple of gyms I was a part of, there was none of that. It was very clicky. It was very just different. And, um, so having, started in a really really big community gym i wanted to be part of that again and i wanted to feel like when i come in i get to see my family every day and i get to see my friends and um so that was a really really big thing to me was i wanted to feel like it was home nice yeah i had no intentions of applying anywhere actually that was not the plan at all um and where were you give people context yeah so um we had sold an affiliate um and i was managing a different affiliate so great guy um they're doing super good now which is awesome i just it's weird going from what you do and then having to fit someone else's mold because even little things will like get under your skin that shouldn't um so in my mind i was just putting the final touches on i'm gonna open again in a different way in a better way and just do it all again because our first affiliate we sold um, so that, that, that's what I was thinking in, in our head and we're like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And then I remember seeing the job posting and I'm like laying in bed and I'm like, do I actually want to own again? Because if you haven't owned, it's like, it makes coaching not as fun in the beginning because you're thinking about everything else except coaching. Mm-hmm. And I loved coaching. I remember when I was just a coach, that's all I wanted to get back to was just coaching. And I'm like, maybe... Maybe this isn't what I want to do. And um, a friend owns Barbell Jobs, and I just said the thing, like, if you see a cool one on the beach, like, let me know. And weirdly <laughs> enough, the, your post came up, and he didn't let me know, but it actually came through my news feed, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I just kind of brushed it off. And then I saw it again one night, and I don't know. It might have been, like, something that happened that day, but I remember being like, you know what? Like, screw it. Like, he could say no, and that's fine, and I'll just do what I was going to do anyway, or you never know, like, I could get this position and not have to open. Yeah. Um, 
And that's not as quickly as it happened. I was just like Amanda. Like I knew exactly what I was getting into way before I ever talked to you or even emailed you. Um, I think I listened to every single podcast that happened. Like I knew if I was going to apply and I was not going to open a gym, it was going to be what my gym was going to be like when I opened the gym. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's, that's kind of what made me end up applying. And I was like, you know, if I can make a career out of this, um, I would rather do that. And I think this is a big point too. If like we haven't brought it up, but it is something like you see job posting. It's like twenty dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Like no one's going to apply for that in their right mind because if you do any sort of math, unless you're coaching like every hour of the day, like you're not going to make a living. So obviously, seeing that I could make a professional wage um, coaching and just coaching, not owning, I was like, okay, like. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because, like, even thinking back to it, I was so headstrong, strength and conditioning. Like, this is the only way I can make a living doing what I want to do. And in in Houston, I worked eight part time jobs. I worked at like three different gyms. I was coaching volleyball. I was doing strength and conditioning. And so my whole focus was on that strength and conditioning side. And when you know I saw the barbell, same thing, barbell jobs. I saw the the posting, and I was like wait, people make a living like just doing CrossFit, like just doing like exactly what I want to do. I didn't know that was real because I had one gym that didn't pay me. It was like, hey, you can work out here, fun. And then the other one was $20 an hour. Like, and that's great. It was great from a part-time perspective, but you knew long-term there's no way. And I remember in being in college, my, my first coaching opportunity, that seemed like so cool. <laughs> like, they're going to pay me $20 an hour to coach? Like, are you kidding me? I was like, this is amazing. And then you get into the real world and you have real big kid bills and stuff. And you're like, what? Like, this is a joke. Yeah. And mostly when you own an affiliate and you're like, this is what I could potentially make doing it. But even then you're like, I could only do that if I was an owner, you know? And I was like, if I could find an opportunity where I didn't have to worry about the back end and I could just coach, which is what I want to do. Yeah. Like, why would I not jump on that? Yeah. I think it's, it's tricky for a lot of owners because you know, you, you get such a better person if you can commit to the salary, but it is a leap over just paying someone $20 an hour. And, um, you know, I think $20 an hour is the right fit for some gym owners, but for the most part, they need to be working towards that full-time people. Cause I mean, as we just saw, we just took a break from taping the floors and like, I'm able to text these guys in the morning and just say, Hey, like, can we tape the floors? we got to fit 20 in the gym instead of 16 and we make it happen. Cause they're, invested in this and they care about it so it's it's those little things that add up um that every week there's something like that that i can really count on them for um was there any what what percentage of job listings that you guys saw were like the hourly versus the salary if you remember i'd say like 80 20 oh yeah 80 20 90 10 yeah Yeah. like and even the salaried ones i think it was like twenty thousand dollars a year 25 like i mean it was something that was Basically, like Which if an you hourly. do the math. Yeah, exactly. it would be like an hourly where, you're, I mean, yeah. you can move to LA. It's like, all right, but that's where super do I live? expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where am I going to live if I do that? So it's definitely big on that perspective for sure. And knowing like, can I, can I make a living and actually live there? And I, I bring that up not in the sense of like, I was doing it only for the money. No. Um, because coming from like selling the gym, like we were, we still, like we're financially fine. But <laughs> <laughs> saying that, it's like, you have to be able to survive. You can't right. just eat away your savings. Mm-hmm. And if I can see a gym is willing to pay their employees whatever we get paid, like I know where they're at as a gym. And I've come from gyms where $20 was the norm, like the one I came from when I was in college. Like they're still like that. So it's like 
when are you ever going to take the step to become a true business and not just like a hobby for your coaches? Yeah. And Solid. so when I see that, I'm like, okay, like they have their financials good enough that they can take that leap. And sadly, it is sad, but sadly, like that's not the majority of. Yeah. And I don't know if we said it, but you and Danielle are coming from St. Louis area. Correct. Yes. Yeah, um, Amanda said Houston. So you guys mentioned the podcast. You listen to this podcast a lot. I think you probably listen to the Living Superhuman one, mm-hmm. which is our our old Fit Town show. Um, what would what was your motivation behind listening to the podcast? Uh, like I said, I it, the only way I was going to apply is if I felt like this was the perfect fit. So mm-hmm. I was going to take every single avenue to figure that out. And like Amanda said, the social media was actually a big one because it's true. Like you still see gyms with like they post like their workout like like the only thing that they're trying to sell is their workout and when you start getting really deep into this fitness thing you realize the 23 other hours of the day are the bigger chunk of it and if i can see that through something as simple as social media through the podcast which was at that time like not that many gyms do a podcast and if they did it didn't have anything to do with what um your guys podcast was or our podcast had to do with so just seeing how invested you guys were in people's lives not just a 60 minute class <laughs> yeah yeah same thing um i don't think i knew any gyms other than like invictus or whatever that did any kind of podcast any kind of show and it was always so different because it you know it was like there was a meet the coaches so you got to learn about the people that were here you got to you know look at the nutrition side you got to see the events like it just was a totally different feel and it was something that i always wanted to be a part of and didn't even really know existed so that was that was my big point it's the same thing i like up and moved from Arizona to Texas to try something different and it was pretty rough. And so like making that move again, I'm like, it, ha- like, it has to be a good fit because I don't want to just <laughs> now move another, you know, 18 hour drive and just maybe it's good. Maybe I live on the beach. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I bring that up because the podcast I found is like the best weight litmus test for hiring is that if someone's not willing to, not just willing, but excited to listen to those episodes, Um, but honestly, you'll find that a lot of the people won't even fake it. Like a lot of people won't even fake it and listen to 10 episodes. If they don't enjoy it, they'll not listen to any or listen to one or two. Mm -hmm. And those are the people that it's like, eh, I don't think it's going to be a good fit because, um, not that our podcast is so great, but if you're just someone that loves to learn, it's good enough that you're going to, you're going to enjoy it. And if it's the place that you're potentially going to uproot your life to be a part of, then that's the most important part. You better be willing to invest three hours to see if this is the place that you want to go. So it's just like, how serious is this person thinking about this opportunity? Um, I want to ask you in terms of the interview questions, this could be anywhere along the process. Was there any questions in particular that stuck out to you? Um, I think my favorite question was something along the lines of, hey, it seems like you're super athletic. You've done a lot of sports. How good are you at dodgeball? That was like my first question. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So that was, that was my big stick out because I thought it was, it was a fun way. It was a fun way to like kind of almost break the ice and be like, all right, but like, are you going to beat me? Or are you going to be on my team? Like, yeah. how are we going to do this? <laughs> yeah, that's, so. that's a two part question. So number one, if you're good and I can tell you're athletic, like Amanda's someone I want on my team. <laughs> exactly. If she's not good, I get to see how she reacts to something that she's less than comfortable about. Um, so it's kind of like you get, you know, the answer tells you a lot in that one. Yeah, he, he basically just asked me, he's like, uh, you play college baseball? Yeah, <laughs> come on in, come on in. Yeah. You're good, like, yeah. Don't worry about these questions. No, yeah. I, 
a couple of them, but I, I like as soon as you asked the question, I think the one that really popped into my mind is like, what's what's your perfect day? Yeah. And I think that's kind of weird. Um, not not weird in a bad way, but weird in a way that most jobs wouldn't care <laughs> because it is a job, and at the end of the day, you have to do whatever the job says. Um, but I think here we definitely take into account what makes people the happiest as far as like, do you prefer AM coaching? Do you prefer PM coaching? Yada yada. And I was, I brought this up. I don't know. Maybe it was on my, I don't know. It was a podcast that we were doing. That's like, I actually have my perfect day from my um, initial sheet now. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think I wanted to wake up and coach the early AM classes. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. I wanted to work out in the mid morning for most, well, before I had a baby, that's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of put a curveball on it. Um, I was like, I want to hang out with my wife. I want to eventually start a family. And it's weird in these two years, two and a half years, that's exactly what I've done. So, yeah, yeah I think that question sticks out um, more so now that I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, like it came true. And I know that we do that for every other coach too. Like, I know it's not just me like being the favorite. It's like all of our coaches have the opportunity to make changes and adapt to whatever fits them best currently in their life. So I think that's huge. <laughs> yeah. Definitely agree on that one because I I guess I'd never really thought about it because I worked all the time every day didn't like it just was driving around driving back and forth and getting here and after being asked that question and then trying to think about it I was like I don't I don't even know what my perfect day would be and a year about I think it was about eight nine months I started to figure out like all right this is actually probably what my perfect day would look like and now I get to live that and it's great and I also coach the morning yeah so up at 3 30 like I'm in the gym but I love it because it um it just has been the way that my brain works and the way that I am able to to function I I think that's also a great question to if you haven't coached before, it's very easy to pick out who really hasn't coached before because yeah. you'll get those people like, I just want to coach all the hours. And you're like, oh, you've never coached before. <laughs> because if you coach three hours really hard, it's really hard. Like, yeah. it's really hard physically. It's really hard mentally. Like, it's actually way harder mentally than it For is sure. physically. But it's funny, like, when I see some of like the people who are playing, they're like, I want to do all of it. You're like, hmm, do yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, you see that in many ways, not just in coaching hours, but someone who who seems eager and willing could seem as a positive, but I see it very much as like that person does, has, doesn't have enough repetitions to yeah. know what their strengths and weaknesses are, what their likes and dislikes are, and, um, and also there's a little bit too much of that people-pleasing aspect versus like... Mm-hmm no, there's got to be something here for me as well. Yeah. Like it's, again, I'm, I'm uprooting my life. I got to make sure I'm, I'm vetting you just as much or more. You guys are taking a bigger risk than we are to move across the country and do that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, what I would consider the recruiting trip, um, which oh, I boy. stole. <laughs> I stole like the idea for this. Not that it's like an idea because bringing you in to try that, to be here before we hire you yeah. is a smart move. But thinking about it like my college recruiting trips because I was on the baseball team and we would uh, try to impress players and make them want to come there if we liked them. Yeah. So, um, you know, hopefully we did impress you a little bit. I always like to do something like active, whether that be workout. I have you guys do a ton of classes, uh, work out with us. Um, yeah. I don't think either one of you did it, but we did like soccer with a couple of our coaches. I know Jack was one of them where we did pick up soccer. So what, what was your experience with that like recruiting trip? 
Man, um, it was really fun. So when I first called my mom and I was like, mom, I'm going out, like I'm going out there. And she's like, oh cool, where are you gonna stay? And I was like, my potential boss's house. <laughs> and she was like, that's not weird. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I was like, no, I didn't think it was weird. Like it just didn't even register me. I was like, no, I mean, I feel like I know this person now, like this will be fun. And um, I actually got to have a lot of playtime with Cooper and <laughs> Cooper yeah, was really That was fun. really the selling point. <laughs> that was yeah. the selling point. You might've been the last one because I think at that point, uh, Nikki's like, yeah, now that we have like a kid, we can't keep doing this. You like, can't just keep offering our bedrooms up. It was for so people. great. Co I mean, Cooper was like, you know, if he likes you, you're in. If he doesn't like you, sorry. <laughs> um, but that was, that was the first part. And then I think right when I first got here, I got here Saturday afternoon. Sunday was the first class I got to be in, which was like, I don't even know, like an obstacle course that you coached actually, Austin. Um, so that was fun because I was like, what is happening? We're like going over boxes and going upstairs and doing all these fun things. And um, so that was really cool. And then I think it was Monday morning. It was like, hey, wake up. We're going to 5 a.m. You're going to sit here and watch these 5 a.m. people do stuff. 6 a.m. you're going to demo. 7 a.m. it's yours. And I was like, I'm sorry, it's what? <laughs> like, Because I've coached like a million years, but getting in front of new people, you're like, all right. I, all of a sudden, like, it's, it's weird. Um, but that was such a cool way to just interact with people, get to know people, learn people's names, like, all right, if I'm gonna fit in, it's like, this is gonna be my telltale, and so that was huge. Yeah, I <laughs> think I got here on, I don't remember if it was Thursday or Friday, but it was Memorial Weekend. <laughs> yes. So one, not used to Florida humidity. Two, my first workout here was Murph. Second workout. <laughs> Second workout, you're right. I did one the night before, you're right. And then the next morning, we also got up at five, um, which is great, because that's usually when I worked out anyway, so. Yeah. We did Murph. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, fun in the humidity here. Um, and then, yeah, I think the rest of the day I really just hung out, helped mm -hmm. out where I could, um, watched those classes. And those kind of like abnormal classes, obviously, because that's Memorial Day. There's like 60 people, whatever it was, like huge classes going on. So um, then that Sunday, we also got up and coached the Beach Fit on Sunday. Um, I think I took one and Daniel took one and we, yeah, then we drove straight to the airport after then that. immediately yeah. got dropped off at the airport yeah but um, once we were here like we got picked up by Nikki at the airport um, went back I came straight to one of my classes you guys did came one of my straight classes. to one of your classes yeah worked out um, think she dropped us off at Publix so we could get some groceries <laughs> and then yeah chilled with the Fresos for the for that night and then I think we had a barbecue either at yours or Tony's house. Someone's house, we had a barbecue, and that's yeah. where kind of we got to meet everyone and hang out with everyone and get to know the rest of the coaches, and so that was a really good time. Um, we did the same thing yeah. with you, Amanda, we right? We did like yeah. a taco party. Taco party, yeah. Yeah, which was super cool, because I did, I got to meet everybody and talk to you guys and like, hey, why, you know, why do you like being here? Yeah. So I think that's huge if you get to talk to the other coaches, and I mean, they're gonna be honest, like you can tell in their face, like, hey, do you like being here? And every single person was like, dude, this is the best place ever. So it just it's like even more reassuring of what you know what you're looking looking to. I was also um, thinking back on it like I after I would coach a class or watch a class, you kept asking me questions, but questions I'd never been asked before. <laughs> and I was like, you know, you get asked like, what do you think you could have done better and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But you were asking me like, um, how many names can you remember, or how many <laughs> names did you remember? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I was three of I don't know, and I you know rattle off as many names I could remember and then it's like um, what could you have done better what could be improved um, what do you think you did really good which this is actually the harder question to answer I feel like because you always want to be like 
don't know, I could have done everything better. But no, like you did something good. Like what do you feel like you were strong at in that class? Whether it be like your communication style, how you cued someone. So those questions really struck out, stuck out to me, mostly from being an affiliate owner. Like you don't really get that very much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, like that's cool that I can actually become a better coach here. Yeah. Because um, it's weird, like if we would have, if we would have paid money to fly here and I wouldn't have felt right, I wouldn't, like, I would have been fine dumping that money. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of money. Like, we bought tickets in two days. Like, it was a big financial, like, risk. But if I wouldn't have liked it, I would have been like, eh, whatever. But then, like, as soon as you, you get here, you're like, ah, okay. Like, yeah. I'll fit in here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I, I mean, I like to include our coaches in the process, my brother in the process, because, yeah, I have a big gut feeling about you guys, but, um, you know, I think you guys were pretty unanimous, but we've had other people in, the, in that we've hired where I'm like, you know, I like this person, but I don't know. And like our coaches are the ones that usually can tip the scales one way or the other. And, uh, you know, we've seen that happen. Um, our most recent hire, oh, yeah. you know, she uh, I, I knew I liked her. I liked her a lot, but I didn't know uh, how she would fit in. And once they were like, yeah, we love her. It was like a no brainer. Um, so we found a way to bring her in. Um, cool. Anything else that you guys remember that we haven't touched on yet? I'm trying to think. I just loved the like the questionnaire that you made us fill out. That was really just, you know, it, I mean, it had some of the questions like "What's your perfect day?" that kind of stuff. But it really made you think outside of the box from a growth perspective. Like, do you have a growth mindset, or are you just comfortable where you are and you don't want to get better at what you're doing? You just want to do the bare minimum. And it was like. You know what books do you like what you know what podcasts do you listen to like it just asks so many questions from an educational standpoint of like hey we don't want you just to get here and just be here we want you to get here and grow and help the members grow and help the coaches grow and i think that was one of the the big differences um from other interviews i've been through where they're just like all right you've coached before cool like you're in (laughs) so i like i liked the long process in the sense that it actually made it feel way more real yeah i've had a lot of coaches that we didn't hire or chose other positions that have thanked me for that document and how Mm -hmm. it actually actually probably the most common thing is when someone we've had people that have stayed at their gym and bought out their gym stayed at their gym and became a manager and like asked for like a raise asked for a higher position Mm -hmm. moved to a new gym but not ours that were like that document really helped me figure out what i wanted and i ended up you know making the move to this thing and uh, you know, sorry, I'm off the table, but uh, yeah. you know, thank you for that. So that's really cool. And one one thing that sticks out to me is, I always think about when you guys are here. Is like when you leave, will I miss you? Like you come for the recruiting trip, yeah. and it's like, okay, if this person were to go home, I would never see them again. Would it be like, eh, or would it be like, oh, I kind of like would right. want to be that have that person in my life, and uh, that's that's probably the most useful decision for me is like can I spend a whole weekend with them and not want to kill them but actually even when they leave I'm kind of like oh I kind of wish they were you know back in our gym back in our community yeah I know we uh had talked about that a little bit with like the very first like quarantine like who would you want to be quarantined with like if you were stuck with these coaches would you want to be quarantined with all of them and um I mean it was very easily all of us were like yep yep we'd be all right (laughs) I actually was going to just build upon what you said because I completely agree with it. Um, the questionnaire was very cool. 
um, it made me think like even deeper about some of the things. Um, but the big thing that stuck out is you sent me a questionnaire like that. You sent me a questionnaire of what are your skills based off like what you prefer. I don't remember what the checklist was called, but it was like um, coaching PTs, coaching classes, cleaning. Like what do you like on a scale of zero to five or whatever it was? Yeah. Um, but the, the funniest part about this is you never once asked what my certifications were. You never asked like, I mean, you knew I had coaching experience, you knew I had box ownership experience, so obviously I had a level one. But beyond that, in watching me coach one class, that was probably one of my worst classes I've ever coached because I was so nervous. Like, you had no idea, and just basing it off of me as a person um, is is a really big deal. And we know, like, now when we're starting to get coaches, we know we can develop them to be exactly how we need them to be right now, right here, but we can't make an asshole, a nice person, like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I, as weird as it was for me, because that's not how it is on the norm, like, that was really cool. Um, and just to, just to touch on that, so I, in my mind, I almost think of the, the certifications and you actually even coaching a class as almost a formality. Yeah. Like, by the time you had coached a class, I'm like, I'm looking at, you know, I think the thing that stuck out to me, Austin, was not anything about the class, but it was how you managed um, personal space, like personal distance. So like it was a rowing workout and there was not a lot of people and you weren't afraid to like get close to someone, but to do it in a way that I could tell that person was 100% comfortable with. And it was like, okay, I don't care what he messes up. I know he can come in and have that one-on-one connection with people. And if you can do that, you could, we could teach a lot of other stuff. And you know, I know with the certification, sometimes I'll forget to ask yeah. if someone has an active uh, certification because it's just like, it's a formality. It's not really part of the... And I can see some people thinking that's like a negative thing, but to me that was the biggest positive thing because you had already asked questions that were well beyond that, which, which is what she brought up. Like, what do you do outside of it? Like podcasts, reading, you know, things like that, like, which I think have way more to do with becoming a better coach, YouTube videos, mm-hmm. like level one's great. Level two is great. I've learned way more off of YouTube than I would ever learn from those courses. Not that they are not fantastic, but, um, right. It's what, what can you pack into 363 days in a year versus two days on a weekend? Exactly. And then the other one big thing is, um, I'll never forget after the first, uh, Murph workout, like obviously this is when we were allowed to throw chalk everywhere. <laughs> like how filthy it was and then i saw melissa grab a mop i was like oh yeah baby (laughs) and if you guys you guys don't know me but i'm super ocd on like cleaning and organizing i was like i'm ready like we are mopping this place so like i'm like grabbing a mop and melissa's like you're hired i don't even know who you are but you're hired i'm like like no i'm happy to be here helping you mop like this is amazing you guys are taking the time to do this um because most gyms would be like, ah, we'll mop when the day's done. Like, yeah. oh, that's pretty gross, but okay. <laughs> did, I, did I make you do anything like that? I mean, you didn't, I don't no. think we made you do you it, didn't but I almost always it. have yeah. someone shadow with like Melissa for some front desk stuff, maybe some retail stuff, sometimes cleaning the bathrooms. Just because one, I need the break to like get some stuff done. But yeah. then secondly, I want to get a coach to experience that person in a less than desirable activity. Yeah, no, I didn't, but I assume that was because the gym that I was at prior, I cleaned the toilets five days a week because <laughs> that was the morning duty. And so I literally got to clean duty every morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just assumed like, yeah, no, like he knows I'll clean the toilets because I just did that for a year and a half. <laughs> like no issue, it's yeah. what it is. <laughs> cool, do you guys have anything else to add? I, 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 yeah, I don't really think so. I just if if you are a coach who's looking for a job, just 
you need to make sure it's, it's a fit yeah. um, and not a fit financially, which I think if you're starting out and you don't have any experience, you know, maybe if you can get a quick opportunity, like that's not a horrible thing. I don't want to turn down like the $20 an hour job if that's like your start. Um, but once you're starting to find a career path, um, you need to be just as picky about the person you're, that's hiring you as they are about you. So um, yeah, if I had one bit of advice, it would just be like, be patient with it, take your time because you can make a career out of this. They're just not all around the world like we hope one day it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say don't be afraid to go for your dream job. I mean, it's, I'm 32 years old. It took me a long time, but I got there and I couldn't be happier. So definitely, yeah, both definitely. You, both you guys hesitated. So, you know, right? That initial. Yeah. I mean, I straight up was like, yeah, it's too good to be true. It's not going to happen. And then, I mean, went for it and here I am. So awesome. Well, we love having you guys on the team. I'm glad love you guys. It responded to those barbell jobs posts. Uh, if you guys have any questions, as always, you can email me at andrew at fittown.com. Or if you guys want to reach out to them individually, austin at fittown.com and amanda at fittown.com. And we'll see you on the next one.